Let's ask God to help us understand uh, this topic of prayer. Let's pray. Our Father, we do thank you for your word to us, the Bible. Please help us as we look at parts of the Bible and as we think particularly of, of the good news about Christ, that you help us to understand where prayer fits in and how it is powerful and effective. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning we're talking about the power or the effectiveness of prayer, what impact it has. I don't know about you, but I often doubt the effectiveness of my prayers. I feel like they don't get past the ceiling, like I'm, I'm talking to myself. I mean, it's not like I can, I can see the results concretely of my prayers. I, I can't notice them making much difference. Often I, I don't get what I ask for. And when I do, well, maybe it was just a coincidence. Maybe it would have happened anyway. And, and I, wonder, I wonder how prayer can make any difference. I mean, God's in control, isn't he? If God's already decided what's going to happen... What's the point of asking him anything? And if I'm wrong and God isn't in control, well, there's still no point in praying, is there? Why, why would I ask God to control what he can't control? Have you ever felt a bit like that? Like your prayers have no effect? Well, does prayer have any effect? Is there any power in prayer? To answer this question, we need to come back to what biblical prayer is. Because it's very easy for us to get prayer upside down completely. Our problem is this. We can start to think about God, about prayer as being us trying to get God to do what we want. We think prayer is our idea. We initiate. God is, is up there and he's passive or maybe even resistant, doesn't want to do, do, do what we want. And in prayer, we need to try to convince God to, to do what we ask him. Last October, my family had a holiday at the beach and it rained for day after day after day. One night I said to my son, Joel, why don't we pray that God will give us a sunny day tomorrow? Joel did. And the next day, it was brilliant sunshine. When Joel woke up, he came rushing into our bedroom. Dada, he said, God obeyed me. He's given us a sunny day. Isn't God clever? It sounds strange when you put it so bluntly. But that's the way we often think about prayer. We're trying to twist God's arm to get him to do, what, do something for us. But that's not what biblical prayer is like. First, the Bible is clear that we are not the initiators of prayer. It's not like we're out there seeking God, seeking a relationship with God. We're not trying to have a relationship with God at all. The Bible is clear that we're all running in the opposite direction from God. On your outline there, you can see the very first passage from Romans chapter 3 and verse 11. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. We don't seek God. No, no. God has sought us. God loved us even when we were rebelling against him. God gave Jesus to die for us even when we were ungodly sinners. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. God is the one who loved us. And through Jesus, God has given us his Holy Spirit to enable us to call him Father. Galatians 4.4 God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you were sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Prayer isn't our idea. The picture of prayer in the Bible is not about us initiating communication with God. It's about God initiating communication with us. It's God's idea to have a relationship with us. He's the one who loves us. He's the one who's sought us. He's the one who's given us his son and his spirit so we can talk to him as father. And the picture in the Bible is not about us needing to convince God to give us what's best. God is not unwilling to give us what is best. Far from it. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9, Jesus says there, Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you were evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven, who's not evil, give good gifts to those who ask him? God wants to give us what's best. And he already knows what's best for us. We don't need to inform him or, or convince him with our prayers. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. Jesus says, When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. The idea of prayer being our way of twisting God's arm, it's completely upside down. God is the one who initiated a relationship with us. God already knows what we need. God wants to give us what's best. So, why pray? Where does prayer fit in? If God already knows what's best for us, if he already wants to give us what's best, if he's the one seeking relationship with us, where does our prayer fit in? What's the point of prayer? Well, here's the key, but I've got to admit it's a little bit conceptually difficult. So you'll need to switch on for the next couple of minutes. Biblical prayer is all about God allowing us into partnership with himself. It's about God graciously allowing us to play a part with him in his sovereign plans for our lives and for the world. Take a step back. God has a plan for us and for our world. God has a plan for us, if we are his people, to bring us to glory, to conform us to the image of Jesus, to bring us to our eternal inheritance. And God is sovereignly working that purpose out. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 to 30. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. There's God's plan. He wants us glorified, conformed to the image of Jesus, and God's doing it sovereignly. God has his plan for our lives, and God's got his good plan for the world as well. He's bringing everything under Jesus as Lord. Ephesians 1.9, God made known to us the mystery of his will. What is it? To bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. 
God's got a plan, a good plan for us and for everything. And God is sovereignly working that plan out. And he could just do it all by himself if he wanted to. But he doesn't. By giving us prayer, God graciously allows us to participate in his purposes. It's a bit like being a parent. I could very easily just give my children everything they need. But I don't. I often make them ask for stuff. I make them say please. I make them say thank you. It's not that I'm not willing to give them things, but I want them to participate in their own upbringing. I want them to learn to ask for things. I want them to appreciate that what they have is given to them. I want them to learn courtesy. I want them to learn gratitude. And it's all part of developing a relationship with them that I allow them to participate by asking. That's where prayer fits in. God could just bring us straight to glory. God could just zap us with all the things of the gospel. But he doesn't. God wants us to ask for things. He wants us to participate in his work through prayer. He wants relationship with us. He wants us to cooperate with him in prayer. In prayer, we are given the privilege of working with God to further his will. Okay. Do you see how we get prayer all upside down? Biblical prayer is not about bending God's will to ours. It's not about us changing God's mind to give us what we want. Prayer is not about us drawing an unwilling God into our purposes. Prayer is about God drawing unwilling sinners into his purposes. Prayer is a gracious gift from God to us. Our Father has drawn us into his presence through Jesus our Saviour by the power of the Holy Spirit and now he gives us the privilege of talking to him, of asking for, him, for things, of thanking him for things. Once we get this clear, we can start to see how prayer can be effective. See, it all comes down to whether we're actually working with God on our prayers, to whether we are praying what he wants for us to whether we're praying in line with his will. If we are praying according to God's will, then here's the miracle. Prayer does make a difference because God chooses to use our prayers as the reason why he acts. God graciously chooses to act in response to our prayers and to do what he wants to do. And so prayer according to God's will is effective. 1 John 5, 4. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Or a very similar concept is to pray in Jesus' name. That doesn't just mean you say in Jesus' name. It means you pray what Jesus would pray. You, you, pray for the, you ask for the things he would ask for. You pray in line with his will. If you pray in Jesus' name, it's effective. One John, uh, John 15, 16. The Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. In prayer, God allows us to cooperate with his will. In prayer, if we pray in line with his will, he chooses to use our prayers as the reason why he acts. And if so, our prayer is effective. Okay, I admit this is very hard to get your head around. Let me, let me try to illustrate it by showing you what I think is a fascinating little passage from the end of the book of Job. Here in this passage, God says that God says that Job's three friends have said wrong stuff about him. But he says, I'll get Job to pray for you and I'll listen to Job's prayer and I'll forgive you. Have a look with me. Uh, on your outline there from Job chapter 42, 
If you can get this, you'll get the concept. After the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends because you've not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. So now, take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. You have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite did what the Lord had told them and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. It's interesting, isn't it? See, God could have just forgiven Job's friends. He could have just done it. But he didn't, did he? He chose to use Job's prayer. He, he allowed Job to participate in what he was doing. Can you see that there? And in that context, can you see, Job's prayer made a difference. Job prayed in accordance with the way God wanted him to pray, and it was effective. If Job hadn't prayed for his friends, they wouldn't have been forgiven. The reason they were forgiven is because Job prayed for them, because God accepted Job's prayer. Job's prayer made a difference. But of course, it's not like Job was twisting God's arm, is it? God was the one who organised for Job to pray in the first place. It's a fascinating little interplay between God's sovereignty and human prayer. And it shows us how prayer can be effective. God organises for us to pray, and then God graciously answers our prayer, uses our prayer. And so we're in partnership with him. Prayer for us is the same. God has organised for us to pray. God has drawn us into relationship with himself. Now he allows us to participate in the fulfilment of his will through prayer. If we're praying according to God's will, he hears us. Our prayers are powerful and effectively effective because God graciously chooses to use them. Okay, those who are still with me. It's getting easier from here. Now, of course, it is possible for us to pray outside of God's will. It is possible for us to ignore what God wants and to ask for what we want. We know that God wants to bring us to glory and conform us to the image of Jesus, but we could say, no, God, what I want you to do is help me to rob this bank. Or, God, no, what I want you to do is indulge my greed by giving me lots of stuff. But we can't expect prayers like that to be effective, can we? We hope they're not effective. Once we see how biblical prayer works, we can see that is not the reason we are given the privilege of praying. Jesus has graciously given us the privilege of coming to God our Father in the power of the Holy Spirit... Now in prayer we are allowed to ask for the good things that God wants to give us and so prayer that is effective is praying for the things that God wants to give us. Praying in line with his will. Now next week we're going to think more about what the content of our prayers should be in the light of this sort of stuff. But for now what I want to do is just give three examples of prayer that is according to God's will and then for us to just see how prayers like that are effective, how they make a difference. So first example... In prayer, we can grasp hold of the good things that God plans for us. We can ask for the good things that God wants to give us. And our asking is effective. God gives us what we ask for. For example, that is true of salvation itself. It is by praying that we access salvation. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. 
over the page there. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Can you see how prayer is effective there? If you don't call on God in prayer to save you, you won't be saved. If you do call on God to save you, you will be saved. Prayer is effective. Not because we're twisting God's arm, it's what he wants to give us in the first place, but prayer is the means, the effective means, which he has given us so that we participate in the process. Similarly with the forgiveness of our sins. Look with me at 1 John 1.8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If you don't ask for forgiveness, you won't be forgiven. If you do, you will. Prayer is effective. Do you see the point? God gives us prayer as the way that we grasp hold of the blessings of the gospel. He doesn't just zap them on us from heaven. Like a good parent, he makes us ask. If you don't ask, you won't get. If you do, you will. Prayer in this context is effective. Take another example. In prayer... We can give thanks to God for his blessings. If you look in the prayers of the Bible, they are chock full of thanksgiving. And again, prayers of thanks are effective. If you don't thank God for all the good things that he gives you, you show yourself to be ungrateful and rude. If you do, God hears your prayer and he is pleased and glorified. Third example, we can pray gospel prayers for other people. We can pray that they will be Christians and stand firm. In the Bible, people like Paul and the apostles, they they labour in prayer for others, praying that God will give his gospel blessings to them. Look at the way Paul prays for the Philippians in Philippians 1.9. This is my prayer, he says, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. He's not twisting God's arm there, is he? It's exactly what God wants to do. It's exactly why he gave Jesus to die for them. But he's participating with God. Well, Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, there's Epaphras. Epaphras is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. And the Bible writers are confident that prayers in accordance with God's will for other people are effective. Philippians chapter 1, verse 19, Paul writes, I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Do you see the effectiveness that he anticipates there? Prayer for other people in accordance with God's will is effective. God graciously chooses to save people in response to prayer. There may be somebody in heaven that you will spend eternity with and they will be able to say to you in heaven, God answered your prayer to save me. God answered your prayer to help me stand firm as a Christian. Thanks very much. God graciously chooses to save people, to help people stand firm, in response to prayer. As we pray, God acts in the lives of other people in accordance with his will. But we have the privilege of being in partnership with him. 
Okay. Can you see how these prayers according to God's will are effective? God's sovereignly working out his purposes in our lives and our world. In prayer, he allows us to participate with him, to ask him to do what he wants to do, and then he does it in response to our prayers. In that context, our prayers are effective. So I guess the final question to deal with then is this. What if we don't know if something is God's will or not? I don't know if it's God's will for Jesus to return today. So what if I pray for Jesus to return today? Is it effective? I don't know exactly who God has chosen to be a Christian. So what if I pray for a specific non-Christian? Will it be effective? I don't know if I'm going to be alive or dead tomorrow. So what if I pray about tomorrow? Will it be effective? Well, firstly, the Bible is clear. We should pray about all of it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. We should pray about everything we know is not against God's will. If it's worth stressing about, it's worth praying about. And if it is God's will, it'll happen, and God will have used our prayers. If it's not God's will, it won't happen, and it was right for us to pray about it anyway. Christian author Graham Goldsworthy puts it like this. I've got it there on your outline. There are many details of life about which we might make prayer requests that seem to be God-honouring and gospel-promoting, but without knowing before the event how God will move in these matters. In such circumstances, to leave it in his sovereign keeping with, if it be your will, Lord, is entirely consistent with the biblical teaching on prayer. God has revealed to us the big picture of our salvation, not the details of how he's bringing us to that goal. As we pray for the means to live in this world until the end, means such as safety, food, material needs, a healing, etc., we must be prepared for God's gracious no while we trust him for the best. We know that our prayer will only be effective if it's God's will. It's not like we're twisting his arm to, to, to break his own will or something. We trust that God's will is best. He knows what's best for us. He wants what's best for us. And so in a case where we don't know exactly what God's will is from the Bible, we pray about it and then we leave it to him. Okay, to come back to our question. Is prayer effective? Is there any power in prayer? Answer, definitely there is. It's an expression of the privilege of being a Christian. God has drawn us into relationship with him as our father through the death of his son and the pouring out of his spirit and now he graciously chooses to be in relationship with us and to listen to us and to use our prayers to further his sovereign plans. If we don't pray, he won't use our prayers. If we do pray in accordance with his will, we have the extraordinary privilege of working in partnership with the God of the universe in our lives and the lives of others. Prayer according to God's will is a wonderful and an effective gift to us. And so the challenge for us is this. Get on board. Be God's partner. Work hard to know his will from his word and pray in line with it. And next week we're going to think more about that when we address the issue of, of what we should pray about. Let's pray now. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you that you have loved us and that you have sought us and that at the price of the death of your Son and 
pouring out of your spirit, you have drawn us into relationship with you as our Father. We thank and praise you that you do not just do everything by yourself, but you graciously allow us to be partners with you. You graciously listen to our prayers and hear our prayers and answer our prayers so that we work with you to fulfil your great plans for our lives and for this universe. Our Father, help us never to pass this privilege up. Help us to call on you for all the blessings of salvation. Help us to pray for one another and help us to give you thanks and praise. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.